It had all the makings of a must-win, and the White Sox, powered by Lucas Giolito, got the win and split the series with the Cleveland Guardians. Outstanding effort from the White Sox bullpen as well, and just enough offense. Uh, The Sox are finished with their first test of the week. Now it's on to Minnesota, where things have not gone well as of late. It's a new day. It's a new series as the Sox look to gain ground in the AL Central. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Lockdown White Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Lockdown White Sox. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts hey i'm your host nick morowski a lifelong diehard chicago white Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful bridgeport you can find me on twitter at nick underscore ggtv really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk white Sox. lockdown white Sox is part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day. Uh, Sox split the series, but might have lost a man in the process. Uh, White Sox pitching was absolutely outstanding. Uh, but first, Ozzy Gian wants to do what with who? Uh, State of the Sox, your White Sox are 43 and 45, five games back in the AL Central. White Sox beat the Cleveland Guardians 2-1 to one on Wednesday night. Uh, and of course, split the series. Uh, Sox are two and two during this most critical week of baseball. Every game is a must win. Uh, there are four more games, and they are all against the Twins in Minnesota starting uh, Thursday night. Um, let's talk about an anniversary first before we get into all of the craziness of Wednesday night's game and all of the bizarre stuff between Ozzie Gian and John Heyman, uh, if you were following that. Uh, but Wednesday, July 13th, was the five-year anniversary of the Jose Quintana trade, where, of course, the, uh, the Cubs sent us Dylan Cease and Aloy uh, Jimenez. Um, so, you know, this uh, seems to be celebrated every year on this date, and we see clips of Aloy Jimenez homering against the Cubs and uh, Jason Vanetti saying, thanks, Cubs, and a lot of folks maybe tweeting out to the Cubs, thanks, Cubs. And it really feels like Dylan Cease uh, was the real trophy in that trade, especially after what happened uh, Wednesday night yet again to Aloy Jimenez. But we'll get uh, to that. And, you know, it's a great trade. Sox won that trade, uh, no question about it. Um, But what have the Sox really had to show for it in the last five years? Uh, Two playoff wins. Uh, That is all. Not series. I'm not talking about the Sox winning uh, a couple of playoff series. I'm talking about two wins. 
uh, hey, it was a great trade, but r- really wake me up when the White Sox do something, okay? Uh, then I'll thank the Cubs. Uh, but yes, a, a great trade. We're not going to put a banner up in the stadium. There's not going to be a parade. There wasn't a parade. You know, we have uh, the Sox have won the offseason, uh, and that has gotten us nothing. So yes, it, it, a great trade. Sox won that trade, but come on. Two playoff wins. We've won two games in the postseason uh, since that trade happens. We all want more. We're expecting more. And I really think uh, of the two, uh, Dylan Cease is going to be the guy that uh, we're going to be leaning on quite a bit, hopefully, for a long period of time. Uh, Let's get to a present day. This was all over uh, social media on Wednesday. It, It was on Sports Talk Radio uh, it was everywhere. I'm sure it's in the papers Thursday. Uh, if you're not on uh, Twitter, Instagram, social media, uh, it's probably a good thing. But if you are, you you couldn't avoid this situation between Ozzie Guillen uh, and baseball writer, uh, contributor, uh, John Heyman. Um, what, what was going on? <laughs> what was happening here? Uh, things got really hot on Tuesday. I talked about it. Uh, on the uh, Lockdown Sacks episode, uh, the previous episode, things got hot in the post game of game one of the doubleheader, uh, of course, this past week. Guillen, you know, has been defending uh, Tony LaRusa for a long period of time, especially after uh, LaRusa was hired. Uh, Guillen has been in his corner through a lot of different issues. And after that game one loss, where the Sacks were just lifeless against Bieber, and I think it was building up, you know, Monday's loss didn't. Uh, didn't help. You know, Guillen really, you know, was taking uh, Tony LaRusso to task, calling him out. And uh, maybe it, it's happened before, but I, I really feel like that was the first time where um, LaRusso lost Guillen. Um, and, you know, Guillen made some comments about Tony LaRusso is Ricky Renteria with credentials. Well, John Heyman got on social media and tweeted out, you know, responding to those comments and saying, you know, will be interesting to see if it's possible to get someone's job by insulting them on a post-game show. Uh, that was Heyman's response uh, to what Guillen said uh, in regards to that renteria with credentials. Um, and then it blew up back and forth between Guillen and Heyman, and they were exchanging Uh, tweets at one another. It it got pretty ugly. Uh, What essentially came out of it is Ozzie Guillen. I'm I'm laughing. I can't keep a straight face talking about this. Ozzie Guillen challenges John Heyman to a charity boxing match. It was talked about on 670 The Score. I mean, what is happening? It was was unbelievable. Uh, In the pregame on Wednesday night, uh, they they definitely talked about it. Chuck basically gave Ozzy Guillen the floor. I'm sure you watched it or you heard about it. And Guillen denied in the pregame that he's angling for Tony LaRusso's job. That's that's the furthest thing from the truth and all this other stuff. Uh, it, you know, you got Kenny Williams, who was on the uh, front of the Tribune, the Chicago Tribune sports section Wednesday and then you had Ozzy Guillen getting attention for what he said. I mean, what year is it? I felt like we were back uh, in the mid-2000s, you know, 2010 or something. Wow. Uh, so we'll see what happens with all of that. Uh, but you want to talk about 
ratings for NBC Sports Chicago, that pre and post game. They're, they're, I've got to imagine they're through the roof right now. Uh, some other managerial stuff, not involving Guillen or, or La Russa at this point, but I don't know if you saw this. Toronto Blue Jays, they fired their manager, uh, Charlie Montoya. Blue Jays were 46 and 42 at the time of the firing, four games over 500. And here's uh, something from Jeff Passan uh, on that firing. If the playoffs started uh, today, meaning uh, Wednesday, the Toronto Blue Jays would be in. They're one and a half games out of the top wildcard spot in the American League. That wasn't enough to save Charlie Montoya's job. Bad losses and questions in the clubhouse about leadership were a devastating combination. Interesting stuff. We've talked on this podcast. You've heard it in other worlds uh, recently about things not going right in the White Sox clubhouse. The Sox are a couple games under 500. They are five back in the division. They're trailing in the wild card. Uh, yet right now, uh, Tony La Russa still has his job. Interesting how the Blue Jays took that approach. Uh, here's some quotes uh, from Tony La Russa. Uh, this was all pregame uh, Wednesday. This was him on self-evaluation. Uh, this is what he had to say. You always do. Never stops. If you're preaching accountability for the players, you better start with yourself. I think our record should be better, so I should manage better. I was. I thought that was a little interesting there. Uh, Tony Larusa on if he's a different manager now than years ago. Uh, I know the circumstance here, and I've been here before. I literally want to win as much as I ever have in my life. So if we can't get to 500, and we haven't, this hasn't been fun. But I still respect and admire what's in the clubhouse and how we keep pushing. And I believe it's coming. Boy, I know I speak for all White Sox fans. I hope you are right because we have uh, some huge games against Minnesota uh, coming up. But first things first, how did the White Sox manage against six different Cleveland pitchers? Uh, more on that in a moment. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you want, won't find at a traditional jeweler. Uh, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that will let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting size, a setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenile.com today. The Cleveland Guardians had to pull their starter, Savali, after the first inning. He only threw 20 pitches, something going on with his wrist. It was uh, later reported. 
Uh, so Cleveland was on their third pitcher uh, by the fourth inning. Robert led off the fourth with a double. And then Abreu Jimenez Vaughn could not advance him to third, let alone score the run. To be fair, Robert should have been at third after a lazy chopper to the mound by Abreu. But boy, here we go again. Runners in scoring position with nobody out and Sox can't getting them over or in. Uh, Sox had three hits, zero walks and four strikeouts and of course zero runs after uh, four innings. I mean, it was essentially a bullpen game uh, for the Cleveland Guardians. Fifth inning, Harrison with a one-out double. And he did not leave second base throughout the rest of the inning. I think you know this theme. You felt it as you were watching this game. You probably said, you know what? Sack scored seven the previous night. This feels like one of those games where they're maybe going to get a run, maybe two, and you were not uh, wrong. Uh, Tim Anderson, there is no question about it. Uh, this man has been struggling. Uh, he was 0 for 3. Uh, at this point in the game, uh, around the fourth inning, just after uh, hitting 198 in his last 19 games, average has dropped from 358 to 311 during that span. Let's go to the sixth inning. Uh, two on, nobody out. Uh, this time, a little bit different. Jose Abreu rips a double off the right field wall. It's one nothing. White Sox. Uh, still nobody out with runners at second and third. Aloy strikes out. Vaughn with an RBI ground out. Robert scores a two-nothing a White Sox. A seventh inning, Tim Anderson is on second with two outs. And Robert smokes a line drive right at him. It looked like it hit him, you know, on his back or as he was turning, like his arm or elbow. Uh, I think it was more of his back, lower back. Uh, and that was the third out. I mean, that is the way it's been kind of going for the White Sox. I don't know if he had, if he just froze. I mean, that, this was a screaming Mimi that was hit by uh, Robert. There was no way Anderson was getting out of the way, but I don't know. In the replay, it looked like he could have potentially. Anyway, uh, that was the third out and end of that threat. Uh, Cleveland, again, went through six pitchers. Uh, Sox, you know, they, again, they, they scored a couple runs and thankfully it was enough. Here was the final line uh, for our white Sox, two runs, eight hits, two walks, uh, struck out nine times, uh, three extra base hits. Uh, that was just three doubles, Robert, uh, Harrison, Abreu, uh, zero home runs. Of course, uh, Sox were two for 11 with runners in scoring position. That stuff has got to change against Minnesota. It really does. Um, Minnesota, we saw uh, they can score quickly. And if it's not, you know, the top two, three in the order, it's their bottom, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, they can get at you uh, as well. Uh, thankfully, you know, our pitching once again uh, was stellar. Uh, and that's that's what it comes down to. You know, we, we talk often about, 2021 uh, White Sox, 2022, and that 2021 uh, pitching staff—they uh, were—they were outstanding. You know, they held the Sox in so many different games, and it hasn't quite been as sharp. We've had some more more injuries for sure, 
uh, in this year. But lately, and especially the last few games, let's just take a very small sample size uh, with Dylan Cease on Tuesday in game two, and now Lucas Giolito, and with help from the bullpen, uh, Sox were able uh, to split the series. Uh, Giolito, I mean, he had one of his best outings of the year, uh, but the bullpen would not be outdone. More on that uh, in a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Uh, Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including, of course, Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite events and sports, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action of BetOnline, where the game starts. Coming into the game, Lucas Giolito uh, had a sub-2 ERA against Cleveland. Uh, That's good. He was very sharp through the first two and no early home runs. Okay, how about that? You've been watching Lucas Giolito and his starts this season. Tends to give up the long ball kind of early in the first or second inning. Uh, He avoided that, which was a great sign. Uh, It's it's baby steps, right? Uh, He did give up a leadoff double in the third. Uh, Cleveland runners on second with nobody out. Uh, was a bit of a theme, uh, which was which was difficult to uh, to manage. And Lucas Giolito did a great job. Uh, runner did advance after a sacrifice fly, so there was a, a guy on third with two outs and no damage done. Uh, Lucas had a pitch; he really he had to work, uh, but he was effective. Threw a lot of strikes after three, uh, only two hits, zero runs, zero walks, uh, two strikeouts. Only threw thirty pitches after three. That's great. Uh, fourth inning, throwing error by Tim Anderson allows for a runner at second. Another situation where uh, Cleveland had a runner at second with nobody out. Uh, then an outstanding catch down the right field line by A.J. Pollock. Wow, it looked like he might have injured his wrist in making that play. I didn't think he was going to get to it, honestly. Uh, and it looked like the way he kind of slowed up and reach. he thought maybe the wall was closer than it was. Uh, but a uh, great, great effort. And that was off the bat of uh, Jose Ramirez. Sebi Zavala throwing some leather. Great catch in foul territory, crashing into that fencing uh, back behind home plate. Uh, defense caused the drama, and then defense uh, got out of it. Uh, Gio throwing a lot of strikes, had a low pitch count, 60 pitches entering the third inning. I'm sorry, sixth inning. Uh, that is good as well. Uh, sixth inning, things got a little uh, hairy here. Uh, he gave up a leadoff double. A third time the leadoff hitter uh, reached second base. Uh, Cleveland had yet to score, you know, in previous situations. Uh, Ramirez was up with two outs, runner on third, and first base empty. What do you do? Do you intentionally walk Ramirez? Naylor's coming up. He's no easy out. Sox elect to pitch to Ramirez. Well, he hits a fly ball out to left field, and that's where Aloy Jimenez is. 
he jogs to his left. And when I say jogs, I, you know, I'm not trying to make fun of it. I mean, he literally is jogging to his left uh, to make this catch. And when he makes the catch for the third out, he kind of pulls up and grimaces and gingerly leaves the field. Uh, he was jogging, folks. He was simply jogging to make a catch. Uh, Gio thankfully got out of the inning, but Aloy leaves the game. It looked like he was grabbing his hamstring. Uh, they were calling it just a, a you know a leg issue. It's just it's such a sad situation. Uh, you really feel for uh, Aloy Jimenez. I mean, when a guy cannot stay healthy, just simply making a baseball play, that's when you know things have to change. He can no longer be out there in left field. He just can't. He is an absolute liability. He has to be a DH. Uh, and a team that has a lot of DHs. Uh, they're, they're, you know, this is not a good situation. Sachs front office uh, management, they, they have some decisions to make. But, you know, you want to say it's unreal. I can't believe it, but you kind of can. This guy continually gets hurt and you feel for him because it's not like he did anything outrageous. He was simply jogging to make a catch and the, the body just will not hold up for him. Uh, seven, so seventh inning, two on, one out, uh, Lucas Giolito at 90 pitches. Uh, he gets the hook. Uh, Lopez uh, comes in. Uh, Gio's final line, six and a third innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, a walk, five strikeouts, zero home runs. ERA sits at 4.69. He only threw 91 pitches in the game. Uh, he was great. Uh, Lopez came in and almost got a double play to get out of it. Instead, it was a force at second. Runners at the corner with two outs. It was a pressured pack situation, and Harrison with an error. Cleveland scored to make it 2-1 Sox. Uh, next batter, Harrison, another opportunity. A tough play still, and he made it this time to end the inning. Uh, Lopez has been great. He really has. He has been put in some jams, and he has got out of it with very little to no damage. Uh, Kendall Graveman comes in the eighth. He was outstanding. Hendricks in the ninth, one, two, three, game over. Uh, and Thursday now is where things, uh, this is where the rubber meets the road. Uh, start of a four-game series with the Twins in Minnesota. Okay, you split with Cleveland. Now it is all about Minnesota. Four big ones in Minnesota. You got Johnny Cueto on the hill to kick things off Thursday night. Sox one and five this year against Minnesota. They were swept by the Twins in Minnesota back in late April. As I said earlier, it is a new day, new focus, new attitude. Uh, you got to take three or four uh, from the Twins in Minnesota. Folks, thank you so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Now make your second listen Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I'll recap Johnny Cueto's outing, and hopefully I will be yelling excitedly about a White Sox winner. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. 
I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.